Hey everyone, welcome to the Torque Message of the Week. We know you will be uplifted and equipped to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus through what is spoken. Please enjoy this message from Dr. Robin Cassis. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit torque.org. Now for the message. Very good. Yes. <laughs> All right, everyone, let's reach our hands forward. Pastor Tony, father of the house, Dr. Tony. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We have a blessing in this family, and um, Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, for your grace on us, Lord, to uh, just continue to reveal what your heart is, and so we just lift up Pastor Tony, that he would have that sharp shooting in the spirit to get to the heart of the matter, Lord, and to uh, permeate, Lord, the atmosphere with your truth in love, so we just lift him up to you, Uh, any exhaustion, just fall off, and we just speak strength in him uh, to deliver your word and to also receive it as well, in Jesus' name, amen. Appreciate this woman of God. She, she serves. Wonderful, thanks guys. Sonia's going all red in the face. I didn't know you were going to get a reaction like that. Praise God. Um, Dr. Robin and Pastor Nate uh, send their love and their greetings. Nate has uh, started recovering from some illness. I I heard from Pastor this afternoon. He's about 80% recovered, which is really, really good. And um, they're, they're, they're resting uh, this evening. Um, you all know we had the baptism yesterday. 16 people baptized in our pool. So that's a testimony to God's grace. And also uh, some of our, our long-term members got re-baptized in the, the name of the Godhead, the, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which I believe is... a a big stepping stone spiritually. Um, so congratulations to all of the ones who got baptised yesterday. You know, I, I've found in the last uh, year or so that um, my part of the ministry is relatively easier than, say, Pastor Robin and Pastor Nate. Nathan spends hours. Let me tell you something. You don't know this. The entire app is Nathan and Jonathan Peredas' work. And it took hours, 30, 40, 50 hours of hard work. They got to get the financial side fixed, the graphics fixed, not just the creativity, it has to work. It's got to be secured. He spent hours on the phone just trying to find a platform that would work for us and it was incredible. I mean, we get on the app and it's all done and we just press a few buttons and we go, oh, praise God. But there's a lot of work in that. And honestly, between Dr. Robin and Pastor Nate, they really keep the gears moving for Talk Sydney and Talk New York. Pastor Robin is just, she never stops. 
And like the Apostle Paul, I can say of my, my wife, she spends herself willingly. She spends herself. And Paul says, I, I spend myself and I am willing to spend myself again for the benefit of the church. So I'm, I'm also balancing that by saying they know when to rest. And we're not going to you know, take that opportunity away from them. If my wife said to me, Tony, I want to take a month off, I'd say, beauty, go for it. She probably will never say that, but I'm thankful for, I mean, I have contributions to make, but because I'm gifted, and I'm not saying this to boast with teaching, right? I get up, I do my bit, and basically that's it. So I try and do more practical things when I'm not behind the pulpit so that I can make up for, you know, whatever is lacking. Today's a typical day, like they wanted to rest. I had a good rest last night. Stay home, do what you got to do, guys. Just get strong, get better. And so we're preparing for a wedding on Tuesday. <laughs> and um, Dr. Robin pointed out, Yesterday at, at, at the baptism that um, Benz and, and Janelle really did something really, really beautiful in the spirit. They got baptized the same day, uh, one after the other, just before they got married. They wanted God to seal that. And I thought that was something wonderful. So praise God for that. And behind the scenes, there's so many saints and individuals who spend themselves, you know, the way the Holy Spirit has intended them to, and it's very much valued, right? And this is what I want to basically touch on a bit tonight. Pastor Tim shared this morning about the unity that comes with being a Christian, and he pinpointed three areas, unity, humility, and maturity this morning. And how they work hand in hand in developing your call and your ministry as a Christian. Now, not everyone's called to full-time ministry. That's a, like a definitive call from God. If everybody was called to full-time ministry in the church, who would reach the world? Right? And so this is why we need to understand what individual corporate and kingdom vision is all about. And that's what I've entitled the message, individual, corporate and kingdom vision. They are all separate, yet they all work together. All right. And so Tim covered how unity of the spirit in the bond of peace is critical in making a local church function. All right, and so in the Western culture, the church shies away from challenging its members to commit themselves to the local body in any way they can. Unfortunately, in, in the West, it's, you know, give your heart to Jesus, but live your own life. And the cross is missing out of that. Because once you give your life to Jesus, Guess what? You're giving your whole life to Jesus. Not just little bits that you conveniently want to give Him. 
you, you actually hand over the wheel or his will now becomes your main focus. And so that part of the Western gospel has to change. And we're doing our little part here in New York City. In New York City, self is king. Everybody serves themselves and they will tread upon anyone else in order to get self on the top. Well, in the kingdom of God, it, it operates in reverse. Jesus said, if you want to go forward in the kingdom, go to the bottom. I'll bring you up at the right time. Why does he do that? He wants to know whether you're going to submit, as Pastor Nate says, your ego to God's will. Because 90% of the time, our problems are related to how we think about ourselves and the rights we have. Well, when you become born again, you just gave your rights to Jesus. And so whatever comes from the point of being born again onwards is the grace of God. Right? And so I'm preaching an unpopular message, but it will save your soul. It'll deliver you of the, the, uh, the heaviness of flesh-based Christianity. Right? And um, the, what, we, what we need to tell our new members and our current members is that once you join yourself unto the Lord, you're also joining yourself to His body. And when we had communion, sometimes I share that that little piece of bread that you've got is part of a larger piece of bread that's been broken up and given to every individual here at Talk New York. As a local body, we start with one piece of bread, the matzo bread, and we break it up and every one of you got a piece. And in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has given you certain gifts and certain abilities that are yours individually and uniquely. Uniquely. Is that the word? Yeah. Whew. Straighten up my mouth. So there's no one like you in the universe. They might be similar to you, but they're not exactly a replica of you because God has no replicas in His church. He takes Jesus as the original and he, super, in, in, he, he inscribes His image on every individual in different shapes and colours and manifestations as the Father sees fit. Go to Romans chapter 12. Are you with me? And so I'm just sort of on, on the tail of what Tim was sharing this morning. It was very good. We cannot love Jesus without loving His church. Hello? Before time began, the Father had this plan about a group of people made in His image and likeness that would be His son's wife forever. It's called the eternal church. The church is not in existence because Israel failed. The church was in existence before Israel even was in existence. 
And the church is a combination of Israelite and non-Israelite members through the cross of Jesus. Jesus takes away that dividing national line. And that's the only time He wants nationality out of the way. Do you understand? But we can't say we love Jesus and not love His church. We can't say we love Jesus and not love His people. James says, if you say you love God and you don't love your brother, you're a hypocrite. If you love God, you will love your brother. Because God died for your brother or your sister, just like He died for you. So the church is not the avenue of salvation. Your membership in the church is a result of your salvation through the cross. The church is not the avenue of salvation, but it is the avenue to your completion. You will never be complete as a Christian if you are not biologically connected to a local church. Now there, that is the truth. Now I'll give you some examples. There are, there are billionaires who are Christians. But if they're not connected to a local church, if their wealth is not being used to advance the Kingdom of God, what good is that to God? If a church needs a school built or a building built or equipment bought and all they do is say, well, I go to church. Well, what's your contribution? Is it just a Sunday one hour? Is that your commitment to the body of Christ? Is it a Sunday and um, maybe a Tuesday prayer meeting? It's got to go beyond just the minimal requirement. Now, I'm not telling you all to be at church seven days and seven nights. You've got to work. You've got to make your, you know, your bread and butter. God understands that. But what I've noticed, in, especially in Western culture, we get saved and then we pursue our worldly vocation in the Name of God. And most saints that come to Dipping Night have got no idea what their vocation in the body is. In fact, 90% of Dipping Night attendees have got no idea what their call and their function is in the body of Christ. And that should take the priority. Why can't you do it? Why can't we seek our vocation in the world parallel to our, vo our vocation in the body of Christ? Because the moment you're saved, the Father wants you to know where you should be placed in the church. And that's the way the apostles did it. The apostles had a problem. There were widows not getting fed. And it became a little bit of a racial issue because these widows were Greek-speaking widows. They were Jews, but they didn't speak Hebrew. They were Hellenistic Jews. And so they started accusing the Jewish believers in Jerusalem, you're favouring the Hebrew, the Hebrew widows above the Greek ones. So Peter said, look, let's fix this problem. I can't serve on tables. My ministry is prayer and the Word. You guys sort it out. Pick men who are full of the Holy Spirit and faith and let's get this problem solved. And they chose seven deacons. Now those seven deacons had already showed by example that they were capable and they were gifted with administration. And one of them was Stephen, the first martyr, and another one that's 
been famous is Philip the Evangelist. They started their ministry serving the church on tables. Do you understand? And God was with them because they humbled themselves. Do you know what it's like feeding widows? Do you know how much complaints they would have heard? Look, in, in Sydney many years ago, we started the, the feeding of the homeless. We, in, in Parramatta, the city where our, our church is, um, some of the churches got together and we said, right, we'll each pick a day and we'll, we'll give the homeless breakfast for that day of the week. Well, we get Sundays, right? But I tell you, there's so much ungratefulness <laughs> just amongst the homeless, right? And because they expect it. Now that the church has been doing it for a while, they expect it. Can you imagine, though, these, these, these um, Hellenistic Jewish women who've been widows, you know, for decades? It would have been a really hard job handling with the complaints. You know, you, you've gave her more than you gave me. I don't like this food you're giving me. And it was a big challenge. But these men humbled themselves. And look at how God used them. Everywhere in the book of Acts, the Scripture says, And the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. So you can't be added to the Lord and not be added to the church. But how do you get added to the church? It's got to be more than your Sunday. Do you understand? And I'm not saying that just with attendance. Is your mind body focused? Do you understand? The Scripture says, if you mourn, I should mourn with you. If you rejoice, I'll be rejoicing with you. We are connected whether we're here or not. This is an important dynamic that the West needs to get healed. Okay? In Romans chapter 12, Paul starts by saying, I beseech you therefore, my brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable service. I looked up the word reasonable. In Greek, it's logic, logikos. In other words, Paul's saying the logical response to you being born again is offering your life in service to God. That's the only time the Scripture will encourage you to use logic. Do you understand? Another, another translation is reasonable or it's your rational response to the mercy of God. Giving your life for His use in your mortal lifetime. Now we're all learning how to do that more and more every day because our egos are so big. Come on, am I the only big egoed person in the room? And when I say ego, it's not like, oh, me, me, me. It's that old nature of preserving any bit of self-will you can. That's what it is. Instead of your will be done, Father, it's, oh, no, I don't want to do this. I want to do this. Do you understand? That's what we mean by the real ego. Jesus never got up in the morning saying, I don't feel like preaching the gospel today. It's too uncomfortable. Come on, he never did that. 
But what was motivating him? The love that he knew the Father had for him. So you've got to get this. Okay? The love that Jesus has for you, he has for your brother and for your sister. Look, I'm preaching to myself. Because I could really raise the bar when it comes to giving and receiving of love. All right? So the church is supposed to be a city of refuge from the world. It shouldn't be a battlefield. You shouldn't come to church feeling like you've got to protect yourself all the time or justify yourself all the time. But that only happens when personalities are in conflict. It only happens when people's egos are still self, self-seeking. And Tim touched on it this morning. He, he quoted out of Philippians, if there is any selfish ambition in the church, there's problems. Because now the focus is you individually instead of us corporately. Do you get it? So we've got to hear this out. So we're supposed to be a city of refuge. We are a type of Noah's Ark. By the grace of God, we've got more than eight family members in the ark. We want about eight million if we can. We're a type of what? We're the house of God. And in every house, there's kids who are different with different personalities. But Father knows how to handle each personality. Hallelujah. You know, people call me their spiritual dad and, and, and Dr. Robin, their spiritual mom. And that's good. That's the way it should be in the church. We want to stand in spiritually as a parent for Father God. You know, the church is also described as the pillar and the ground of the truth. Wow, what an awesome responsibility we have to represent the truth. It's also the secret place of the Most High. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will reside under the shadow of the Almighty. And it's a picture of the Lord putting His wings over us to protect us like an eagle with its little eaglets or like a a chicken with its chicks. But it's also in Hebrew when a man would marry a woman, he, he would make the statement, let no man cover you but me from this day forward. Do you understand that? So the, the wife would come under the covering of the husband and the protection of the hu- husband. It's a secret place. It's access through faith and the grace of God. We are to be that refuge in that secret, secret place for everybody who comes into this body. Okay, And we're learning, we're growing together in maturity, we're growing together in, in gifting. The conflict comes when there's two visions. That's where we get the word division. Die means two and vision, two visions that are trying to operate together. Now, there's many understandings of how unity works. In the world, unity works when each party compromises their conviction. And that's not true unity. That means I'm giving up something that I don't agree with in order to give you space into my space. That's not God's kind of unity. 
Now, don't freak out when I say this. God's unity is, this is my will, align yourself to it. Do you get it? God doesn't get up there and say, well, what do you think about my will? Do you reckon this is a good idea? Hey, Jesus, do you, do you think the cross is a good idea? Maybe, maybe we can find some other way. The Father said, like Isaiah to Jesus, I need a man who will do my will to the end. Jesus goes, I'll do it. He looked for a man, didn't find one. So he became a man in order to fulfil his word. But the Father says, here's my will, align yourself. And it's the same with vision. When God shows us a vision for the church, He wants us all to align our hearts to that vision. When Dr. Robin and myself go before the Lord, we take that very, very seriously. When Pastor Nate and the whole team goes before the Lord, we take that very, very seriously because we want to align our hearts to His will. For this body, which He paid for, I didn't go to the cross for you. He did. So the Holy Spirit has the right to say, this is what I want, line yourself up to it. Now he does that corporately, but he also does it to us individually. So let's start with the individual will or the individual vision. In Romans 12, if you go to, uh, where am I? Verse 5. Are you with me? Am I going too fast? Let's go to verse 4. For we... For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So many members in one body, but they don't have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We are individually members of one another. And if you scroll down to um, verse 6, he says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. I want to stop there deliberately because he goes into various gifts. But he says in the beginning of that verse, having gifts differing according to the grace of God. We all have gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit, but they're a little different in each and every one of us. I mean, I teach, but my teaching strategy and dynamic is very different to Pastor Nathan or Dr. Robbins, right? I think mine, mine is more to the head. They sort of hit the heart a bit. I'm, I'm trying to become more of a heart hitter. But what I'm saying is hitting your heart anyway, right? Hallelujah. I'm trying in my own mind not to be too heady with how I understand how the Spirit works. But the mind can be subjected to the Spirit, right? But why am I saying that? It's wonderful to see that just in my family alone, there's a differentiation between giftings. Yeah? And the Lord has used all of our backgrounds 
to make us this way and he's done the same with you. Your time in elementary school, in middle school, in high school, in college. God will use all that to make your spectrum. When he shines his light through your prism, you give off a different colour than I do. You are still an individual, even though you're part of this corporate body. And when we're all together, it's pure white light. Do you get it? When we're all together, we have all seven notes on the music sheet. And God says, well, you know, the G and the E and the D and the C all mixed up. And out comes the melody. And boy, it was pumping out tonight. Thank you, Jesus. So your uniqueness is that individuality that the Lord never wants you to lose. Don't try and be me. Don't try and be, I mean, you can, you can use us as examples, but you can't be us because you don't have the background we have. Do you understand? Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And that's a good thing. But he didn't want you to be little Paul. He wanted you to be little Jesus. Be Jesus your way. Because we were singing about it tonight. Ife's song was, let my heart reflect your face. Isn't that what God wants? Scripture says, He wants us to all to be transformed into the image of His Son. So the image of His Son through me is a little bit different to the image of His Son through you. And that's good. That's the individuality. When it comes to your call in life, that's an individual call that's for you alone. And God has a specific call on your life that will be connected to the church, but will also be connected to the world. You can't successfully connect to the world if you're disconnected from the church. Because Pastor was sharing with me this afternoon, she felt the word to share with you is, the church is your anchor. To bring you back into orbit, if there is such a thing. If you stray out of, <laughs> if you stray out of orbit, if you're out there where Pluto is, using worldly terms, of course, or you're a wandering star, right? You need to get back to Earth, Earth base. Do you understand? Jesus is our anchor. Now he has a lot of saints on the extremities, but the objective is to keep coming into the center. Do you understand? Otherwise you'll get lost. And so pastor was sharing, I believe it's, a, it's an anchoring point. The church is an anchor, especially if you're called to the arts or media or religion. You need to get back to church and detoxify and re- Calibrate your compass. If success is coming thick and fast, pastors know how to humble you. Oh, wow, you're, you're on national television. Come and clean a toilet for me, will you? Come and pray. Come and pray. What are you doing with your millions? What, spending it on a car? I've got brethren here who need something. Do you see, your connection to the church reflects your relationship with God. Did you get that one? 
Did, did you get that one? Your connection to church is a reflection of your relationship with God. If it's all about you, your relationship with God is all about you, you won't connect with church. I'm not trying to enforce a religious ritual here. I can't imagine Peter and James and John not wanting to get involved with the body of Christ after Pentecost. Remember, Jesus called Peter away from his business and all the Lord said was two words, follow me. Peter drops the net and he never looks back. What, is Peter the only individual that God calls like that? The Gospel in, in this modern time is give up 20% to God. The rest is in your control. Peter never went through that. He struggled with it because he, he thought he was someone he was not and Jesus sorted that out after the resurrection. You know, Peter, do you love me? And the Lord knew that. But Peter and Andrew, James and John, all four of those guys were called to walk away from a successful business. Now, some people will get called like that. Some people will be asked to continue in their vocation that they were saved in for God to be glorified through that vocation. Do you understand? Paul was a tent maker and in order to prevent some of the legalistic Jews from boasting that they were paying him as an apostle and paying his keep, he said, no, 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 I'm taking that, that privilege away from you. I will work for my bread and butter. And he kept working as a tent maker right till the day he died, except, of course, when he was imprisoned. And tent making was quite a successful business. He would have made quite a lot of money because everybody needed tents back then. So you could say he was in the construction industry. Yeah? So whatever your call is individually has to bubble over into a practical input to the body of Christ. Do you understand? So that when there's a need that you specifically can meet, God will call you to meet that need. So how do we determine what our gift mixes are and what the Lord's call and commissioning are for our lives. This is a very touchy subject because it's so extensive. God works through revelation, no doubt, but He also works through desire. You know, you, you wake up and you suddenly have desires to do things for God or for the kingdom. And that's really, that's really a good thing. That's a godly thing. The, the key for us in the United States and in the West is we've been so infiltrated with sort of conditioning from the world, the Holy Spirit has to siphon out what His desires and what fantasy is. Do, do you get this? And that can only come through a continual seeking of the Lord and asking Him to clarify your desires. Because not everything that we desire comes from the Holy Spirit. In many areas, right? So we need to at least make some space 
for the Holy Spirit to be able to clarify what the will of the Father is. So you might have to fast. You might have to get, get on your knees and do what we call knee mail. Get into the knee mail, not your, your Gmail, your knee mail. Ask for counsel. See, again, see how the body works? You go to your leaders and say, what do you think? This is what I'm getting from the Lord. I'm running it by you because I want to make sure I'm aligning myself with the church's vision. Do you get it? The church's vision is simple. Saving souls is our primary target. We'll get more and more of that prioritised as we grow into that maturity that Tim was talking about this morning, right? Maturity only comes when there's unity, right? And when there's humility. Woo! You can spend a month on that, right? So that, that siphoning of our desires will take time. Believe me, if God has put a desire in your heart, you will try, if you try and fight it, it won't go away. You can call it the devil, it won't go away. Now, most of the time people will say, I oh, know it's God because it's going against my flesh. Look, there are times when God will get you to do things that you weren't expecting yourself to do. But He doesn't always use negatives. What if He get you desiring stuff that you love. That one way you can test whether God is in it is if you can give it up. Do you get it? If it's truly God, He's going to say to you, just give it to me. It's mine, right? This career, this path, this gift, is it mine? Yes, Lord, give it to me. What do you mean? Give it to me, I want it back. Now, He's not... He's not one to give gifts based on performance. But he is one to say, when I give you this, right, I need you to trust me. Understand? So that will come. All right? So that's how there's many other ways that the Lord really clarifies what individual vision is. And... It doesn't, have, it doesn't mean that the church has to get involved in your individual business because now it starts to get a little bit of a blurry line. Your authority over your personal life is always yours. We can advise as leaders because we're looking at the big picture of the church. But at the end of the day, you make a decision by faith in God. Right? I can't make those decisions for you. In the body of Christ, obviously, there's individuals, there's families, and then there's the church. An individual has authority to choose what they eat, what they wear, how they sleep, where they go. That's all up to you. But that affects the body. If you have a different personality when you walk out the door and a different lifestyle, it won't be too long when God will manifest that to this body. Because what you're doing affects us. Just like in a family, if one member of the family is acting independently of the rest of the family, that will become like a pimple. It won't work. 
And this is why many leaders who've had these secret lives are being exposed by the Lord because He needs to show the church that sin never prospers. Do you get that? And even though it's been undercover for many, many years, it's only His grace saying, come on, are you going to repent this time? Are you going to grab a hold this time? Or do I blow a trumpet for everybody to see it? Do do you get that? Because it affects the whole body. And so how does our individual calling and our individual gifts line up with the body's vision? It's very simple. How are you connected to the body? Ask yourself, especially after Pastor Nate and Dr. Robin's seminars and their courses, Abiding in Christ. How can you abide in Christ and not know people in the body? Not touch people in the body. See, Jesus says in one of the Gospels, if you did it, to one of these, the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. So he's going to weigh up our reward by how we respond to his brethren. And his brethren are in the church, you see. So um, our, our vision is very simple. We, we do want people saved, but we also want to help people have their Lives changed, lives of non-productivity, lives of religious ritual changed into vibrant, productive, stable lives. A sign of a healthy church. People come in with instability and within a few years they're stabilised. They've got a regular job. They're in a regular house. They have a regular address. That's a sign of stability. It means that a power bigger themselves, a power bigger than themselves is now overarching their life. It's called the Holy Spirit. And we've got testimony after testimony. People who've never had jobs for years, never had a place to call home for years, have had long-term employment, some with businesses and living in a house for more than two years. That's a big deal in New York, guys. You don't want to do that shuffle where you move every couple of years. That's hell. Stability is of God. But again, can you walk away from it when he says move? Please, Jesus. I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) I think we've proven to the Lord we're, we're capable of hearing that if he does require it. So... That's how you connect. Individual, individuality concerns the way Christ uniquely expresses himself through you personally. I've said that, right? And so we don't want to overarch family, the family's authority, right, with church authority and vice versa. The church, the leadership of the church, their call and their authority is to make decisions that will Steer the ship in the direction that the Holy Spirit wants. I've said before, local churches, no matter how large or how small, they need apostolic and prophetic vision casting. 
Because Paul makes it clear that the foundation of the church is the apostle and the prophet. So every local church needs to be founded on the revelation of an apostle and a prophet to be fully healthy. I'm not saying that churches who haven't had that are not healthy, but usually what we've deemed as pastor and his wife is usually an apostle and a prophet or in the other way. There are either two apostles or two prophets or an apostle and a prophet, but we just call everybody pastor. But their gift is actually apostolic because they've laid the vision and the foundation of Jesus for that church. Did you get it? So if, if that's there, then it's relatively simple after that. How does your vocation in the world, you might be a psychologist, you might be a businessman or woman, you might be in the arts, you might be teaching at a public school. Whatever your call God can benefit from that gift as long as your connection to the body is healthy. Do you get it? Can you pray? Can you lay hands? Can you exercise spiritual gifts in the right direction as you're trained? Are you aware of the needs of people? Are you friends with most people? Or do we come and say, what's your name again? That's not bad because sometimes the churches are very big and ours is going to grow, right? But we never want to lose connection with each other. When we grow and we will, by the grace of God, you don't realise this, but you all have the potential to be the leaders of the next generation that's coming in. If you connect to the body right. Do you understand? That's why a lot of people like to get into our face, the pastors, because they want to grow and grow quickly so that God can use them. And one of the ways that God trains you is by rubbing shoulders with your pastors. I know everybody wants to do it. It's impossible to all to do it in one go. But, you know, when, when pastor is around, don't be this one. Oh, I need your time. I need your time. Just... Be at her side. If she says, can you do this for me? Do it. That's how you build a rapport with pastor. And when you're at the house, you're not there to get, get, get. Just be there ready. Hey, I'm just hanging with you, man. You want to watch something on TV? Well, let's do it. That's what I used to do to my pastors. If they wanted something done, I'll do it. Sometimes I need a convincing, I admit. But I didn't want to be taxing them every time I went to the, the house, right? And that's the way the apostles did it. John Mark, he wrote the uh, Gospel of Mark. He was actually Peter's cousin. And he just hung around Peter so much that he wrote Peter's Gospel. Mark's Gospel is actually Apostle Peter's Gospel. And I love the way he writes because he's very concise, Tim. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's how he starts it. Straight to the point. Jesus started by doing miracles, casting out demons. I love it. He was a headliner. That's why there's only, what, 16 chapters in his gospel. Are you connected to your pastors? 
See? Because in, in actuality, we represent the head. We're not out to make it hard, just make it holy. All right? So, I'll finish by this. The corporate vision, the vision of the house, the way we connect to the local church says much about our relationship with the Lord. Our connection to the local church, question, is it an active connection or is it casual? Second question, is your connection attendance or relational? Because you can come, in big churches this is easy, come, enjoy the worship, give your money and go. And I've been to big churches where I've walked in, no one even said hello to me. And I'm talking there's 3,000 members. No one has even said hello. And I've walked out thinking, no one, no one talked to me, Lord. How does this church grow? It's all about entertainment. And then when you try and connect, there's all these questions like, why are you here? I'm thinking, how do you grow this church? So, <laughs> we don't want to lose that. When you come to talk, I make it my business to say, Hi, how are you? I'm Tony. How did you, how did you find out about us? Can I, can I talk to the longer standing members? Because you've been here six years plus, most of you. Some of you coming to six years. Right? You've been eight years. God bless you. That's a good thing, guys, especially in New York City. But the thing that attracted you to talk is still here. Nothing's changed. The thing that brought you here is still here. But we want to go to a new level. It's not as the same presented, but it's still here. Do you remember the dipping nights where we had queues right around the block? It, it's still here. The novelty might have worn off a bit and that's what we need to polish up in the Spirit. Because we all get sort of comfy with, oh, it's prophetic, no big deal. Whereas in the beginning of the season, we were excited about what God was doing. And when you're excited about what God is doing, you tend to tell people, you need to come to my church, oh my God. They gave me a word of knowledge. They were so right. Come, come, come. You've got to hear God's will for your life. Do you understand? Now it's, oh, well, yeah, it's just a word of knowledge. It's just a bit of prophecy. Yeah, it came to pass. Big deal. No. The thing that attracted you to talk is still here. His name is Jesus. It's not Tony. It's not Robin. It's Jesus through us, but He's still here. So is it relational? And, and, and lastly, and most importantly, is your connection to the local body effectual? Do people feel it when you're not here? Right? I'm not saying that you have to be some kind of mega, you know, superstar. But there are individuals that get 
You fill the void when certain individuals aren't here. Like for instance, the pastors aren't here tonight. Straight away, I think, whoa, I hope, hope to God I'm, I'm capable of filling in for that, that gap. And that's a good thing, guys. We should be feeling that. That means we've put value on them as individuals. And we value you as individuals. Yeah? No one is, you know, not indispensable. I say that in, in, the, in the avenue that God wants all of us to play our part in the body. But if you somehow get tripped and you leave this body, that's a gap that only you could fill. Now we can replace people, but not exactly the same as you as an individual because there's no other you. And I believe your entrance to talk as a local church is by divine design. We take seriously when people say they wanna be members of talk because we pray and we believe that that membership would be a long-term thing. It's not to say that you can't you know, move, but it, it'd have to be under circumstances where your ministry is leading you and your calling is leading you in that way. Where your pastors will say, go, we bless you. Not because of selfish ambition. Do you understand? And so as pastor said to me, the connection to your completion is your local church. Your completeness is connected to the local body. And when the Lord sends you, you should be like Barnabas and Paul. Who knows where Barnabas and Paul's local church was? Where did they always go that they called home church? Antioch. You said it right. It wasn't Jerusalem. That was the apostles' home church. But Paul and Barnabas would always call Antioch home because Antioch was the place where they were developed into apostles. Paul was not called an apostle until the Holy Spirit said, Acts 13, separate Barnabas and Paul for the work that I have for them. The next chapter, they call them the apostles. So Antioch was Barnabas and Paul's connection to completion. Can I ask you today, please submit to the Holy Spirit this humble request. Lord, please connect me to your body the way I'm supposed to be connected. I'm laying my life on the altar, Romans 12, as a living sacrifice for your use and for your glory. As you have for me, I desire for my brother and my sister. Use me, Lord, as an instrument for their completion in the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? I hope that helped you tonight. Pastor asked me to bring some points home. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My completion... God used you all to complete me and He's still using you to complete me. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? But He also uses myself and pastor to complete you, especially pastor.
She has a way of doing things that get straight to the point. So Father, we thank You for all the gifts that You've given us. We thank You for this wonderful body of Christ that You purchased with Your own blood. If you're watching on online, your entrance into the body of Christ is through repentance. And the body of Christ isn't a denomination. It's not Catholic or Protestant. It's not Methodist or Presbyterian. It's just Christian. Christians who've been forgiven, washed clean with the blood of Jesus, and then filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ so that Jesus lives His life through the Holy Spirit in your body. Some of you are being called right now by the Holy Spirit to turn. Turn away from your independent life and live for someone else. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're that person tonight, take advantage of God's grace because it may not come to you tomorrow. This is God's work in your heart. Yield to the Holy Spirit and pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I ask You to forgive me of all of my life's sins and wash me clean with the blood of Jesus, Your Son. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and He rose from the grave to give me life with You. Lord Jesus, come and live in my heart and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Let me have communion with You, not based on my performance or religion, but true intimacy. I believe You are the Son of God and that You will return for me on the last day. Thank You, Lord. I am saved. In Jesus' Name, Amen. If there's anyone here in the auditorium that needs us to pray with them and secure their eternal destiny, we will pray for you. If you've just prayed that prayer and you're online, contact us. We'll get a Bible in your hand and we will seek the Lord for your individual call. You need to know what that is. He hasn't just called you to be saved. He's called you to do something for Him on this earth. And we can help you with that too. Thank you for joining us. We're going to sign off from our online audience. If you want, we have a after show coverage. And so just stand by as I give the benediction. We're going to release everybody here and online. And then the after show, uh, after show, what do you say? After service, it's not a show. The after service uh, presentation will be, will be um, implemented. So good night to you all. And guys, remember, ask the Holy Spirit this week to connect you to His body the way He wants so that He can maximise what He's doing in and through you to the, this lost world that we're trying to reach, yeah? God bless you. Thank you, Dr. Robin, Pastor Nate, for listening in. I hope I, I did it some justice tonight and I'll see you soon too. Good night, everyone. If this is your first time accepting Jesus, 
We would love for you to get in touch with us so we can walk alongside you in taking your next steps in faith. There is so much that God wants to do in your life to show his goodness and love and our team is ready and willing to connect you and partner with you on your journey. Visit torque.org contact to speak to someone today. It is our joy to partner with you and see Jesus become real, relevant, and relational in every part of your life. Thanks for listening to the Torque Message of the Week. We hope you were encouraged by this message and stirred to make this more than just words, but a reality. If you've been impacted by what was shared, why not go ahead and share it with someone who you know needs to hear it? You can get the latest episodes of this podcast by subscribing via Spotify, Apple, or our Torque app. Need to rewatch this message again? Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check out TorqueTV.org for more amazing content. We thank you for your generous support and prayers. And if you would like to contribute to our ministry, please visit torque.org forward slash give. From all of our leaders and team, we love you, are praying for you, and believing for you every step to be aligned with Him and His Spirit this week. Until next time, God bless.